Do you still remember when you are in elementary school or primary school, your teacher taught you about senses? What are the senses? Sige, go. Senses hindi parts, ha? Kaganinang umaga, sabi ko, senses, nose, eyes, ears. Oh. We have the sense of sight, smell, what else? Earring, touch, and taste. That's the five senses. And as a brother approached me just now, no, Pastor Roel, you miss one more sense. Common sense. <laughs> and I was laughing because, you know, this morning they said, I said senses, they give parts. Nose, Pastor, nandito pa po. Nose, eyes, ears, confident level, pamataas. Among the five senses, which one do you think is the most important? Well, I did a Google research about this and it said it depends on the culture and the place where you're at. But most of them agreed that the most important sense is the sense of sight. Because without sight, our life will be limited. Without sight, there will be a lot of challenges. We, even though you can run, without sight, you don't know where to run. Even though you, you can eat and you can taste, if you don't have sight, you don't know which is food or not. So sight is critical. Like a physical blindness, men were born with spiritual blindness. And because of our sinful nature in our carnal condition, because of our spiritual blindness, we are not able to follow, discern, and even perceive the things of God. And if we desire or sincerely desire to follow Jesus and be his disciple, we need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, and humbly ask for his mercy. Lord, may you heal this spiritual blindness that I have. There's a song that we normally sing, and there's one particular line that would struck us. And this song is so familiar with all of us and invite all of us. If you know this song, you can sing along with me. It's, it's like this. Amazing grace. And then, I'm... But now, uh, the last line says, Was blind, but now I see. What a description that the author wrote. I've entitled this sermon today, I was blind, but now I see. And we'll be reading from Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. I was blind, but now I see. And I invite all of us to stand as we give reverence to God's word as we read Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Let's read together. Verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. 
And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, and he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity once again that we are gathered here in your house to study your word. We ask for your Holy Spirit to open our hearts, mind, and ears. Give us that attentiveness to hear your voice. Some of us here, O oh Lord, are clouded with many things in our heart and mind. But I pray, Lord, let your word, Lord, come. Speaking to each one of us. Restoring our heart. Opening our eyes to see your beauty. So that we may follow you. So we surrender this afternoon. May you speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you look in our text, normally our tendency is to, to look at it as a miraculous healing that Jesus had made. Normally, the way we our address, the way we look at it, we will directly look at it as Jesus healed a blind man. However, if you would study the context of this particular narrative, it's not just a healing. What was really being addressed is on, on the matter is this. What is really being addressed is a matter of discipleship. What is the context of this story is, is a matter of how, should, how can I follow Jesus? How can be a disciple? How can be a Christ disciple that would follow him? That's the background of this particular text. And for us to understand and appreciate this text, we need to look at it in a macro level perspective and look at the previous chapters and verses and connect all the texts and narratives together so that we will know what, why this particular healing was placed in that particular text. But before we jump into the scripture, let me explain to you that in the book of Mark, there is a literary technique that was employed when it was written. And it's called intercalation, social, or literary sandwich. If you look at this text and a few passages or verses in the book of Mark, he used this technique. Intercalate means to insert, and its purpose is to provide depth on the stories in the narrative so that we, we, it gives us a deeper meaning of what Jesus was saying. It giving a deeper point, a certain point, and giving an emphasis. So what is this literary sandwich? Paminsan pag tinitingnan natin ganito, parang wow, ang deep naman. But you know, it's just like this. Parang burger lang. First, the topic sentence, and then the details. 
and the closing sentence. Kaya A, B, A structure. Now, if you eat a burger, would you only eat the bun? Sino kakainin lang yung bun? Hindi masarap. If you eat a burger, will you eat just the patty? Hindi naman. Unless kakain ka ng sa Jollibee. Ano yun? Burger steak with rice. But if you're gonna eat a burger, you eat it as whole. And you will enjoy it. The same thing, this text, there's a background of the story of it. And you, for us to understand, you have to look at this particular way that it was written. And I give you some example how Mark wrote it. In here, a few of them. In chapter 2, he used this particular structure. When he brought uh, uh, someone who is paralyzed. And then they discuss about Jesus' authority of who forgives sin. And then he goes back to the healing of, of this sin, sick person. And then the other part, chapter 4, is, un, is repeated again, this structure, where Jesus tells about the parable of the sower, and then he speaks about the parable, and he goes back and explains the parable. And then in chapter 5, the same thing. When Jairus was asked, when Jesus was asked to heal the dying daughter, and then after that, pumasok yung, alam mo yung babae na huma, tinatch yung damit, and then began healed there, and then goes back. This, it gives you, if you ponder and if you look at the text this way, you'll be able to see it clearly, what was the emphasis. And the same thing in our text. The first healing was found in chapter 8. There was a healing before chapter 10. Jesus gives sight to a blind man near Bethsaida. And then the section B is the meat where Christ was explaining who he is, what will happen to him, and teaching them how they should be a disciple, how they should follow him. And then the chapter 10 where Jesus gives sight to the blind Bartimaeus. Now, if you look at this, the disciple is blind and they couldn't see clearly who Christ is. And, it, and, and we will look deep in here. We know in chapter 8, Jesus healed. And then the last part, Jesus healed in chapter 10. Now, in chapter 8, there is a narrative that where Jesus was speaking with the disciple. Jesus told and talked to the disciple, you know, this is what will happen to me. I will suffer. They will reject me. Ang respond among the disciples, because they are blind, their response is this. Their response is this, especially Peter. Sabi ni Peter kay Jesus, Lord, it will not happen. It will not happen. I will, you know, it will happen. And sabi ni Jesus sa anya, go behind me, you, Satan. Because he don't get it. There is blindness in his eyes. And then Jesus followed with his teaching about, take up your cross. And follow me. Ito yung meat ngayon. Then in the following chapter, chapter 9, Jesus again explained who he is and what will happen to him. That he will suffer, that he will be delivered to the hands of men and they will kill him. But because the disciples don't get it, they are blinded by their own perception and idea. Ang ginawa ng mga disciples ay nag-away-away. Remember in the text, they were fighting with one another who will be the greatest. 
they want to be the first and so on. This is what happened because of their blindness. And then Jesus said, if you want to be first, you must be last. And then in chapter 10, this another scenario where James and John, after Jesus explained what will happen to him, James and John came and said, Jesus, can I sit on your right or your left? You remember the story? And then Jesus said to them, I came not to be served, but to serve. You see, there is, there are, the disciples were blind. They are spiritually blind and they don't understand what it meant if that Jesus is Christ. Because in their mind, they think that Jesus is someone that would sit on the throne. Someone that would rule them. Or someone who is like a warrior that would rescue them from the hands of the Romans. They think that Jesus would rule and restore the physical kingdom of the nation of Israel. And they want to be part of that kingdom. But because, that is their spiritual blindness. But in truth, Jesus came to die on the cross. Hence, the story of Bartimaeus exposes the real condition of the disciples. For, the, for Bartimaeus' blindness points to the spiritual blindness. Of the disciples. And this truth remains true today. Without Jesus opening our eyes, we are spiritually blind. First, first point is this we are all spiritually blind. We can never follow Jesus until our eyes are open and healed. Look at the disciples. The disciples were following Jesus for many years. The disciples were hearing Jesus teaching. The disciples were experiencing his miracles and healing. Yet still they couldn't understand. Jesus told them what he will do. That he will suffer. That he will die. That he will be a ransom for many. But they don't get it. Because they are spiritually blind. You know when we are spiritually blind. It will manifest in the way we live our life. In the way we see things. We fail to see. Our poverty. Because of spiritual blindness. We fail to see our poverty. Do you think a blind man can see the dirt. In his shoulders. In his legs. He will not see. The dirt on his arms. Because he couldn't see it. If just imagine. The person beside you is blind. He will not be able to see how beautiful you are. Tingnan mo yung sarili katabi mo. He will not be able to see. He will not see the dirt in his face. Or the dirt in his body. Because he's blind. The same thing, a blind person will not know his way. He don't know where to go and how to go. You know, sometimes I'm watching how blind people take bus. Because they know. If you look at the MRT, they is track. Napansin niyo yung parang bakit? Paminsan pag naglalakad ka, sinusundan mo. That's where they know their guide. But remove those parts, they will not know how to go. And you look at the leaf, there is those number and those dots. It tells them the number, which floor. You remove all these things, they will not know the same thing for us. 
At times we don't see because we are blind. When you live in sin, you're blinded because of our carnal nature. Hey, tell a person who is living in sin, sabi mo, sister, mali yung ginagawa mo. I tell you, the person magagalit pa sa'yo. Huwag nga makialam ng buhay ng iba. Love life ko to. You see, a person who don't care about, you know, it is, it's, you tell them nicely and then he get angry with you some more. Bakit ka nakakailam? I like what um, the lady, lady wisdom always remind me. Each time I look at her, this lady wisdom remind me her truth. Kung palagi kang tama, may tama ka. <laughs> we fail to see our poverty within. When you are full of pride, you will not see your mistake because you are always right. Spiritual blindness. When you're spiritually blind, you don't know where to go, you don't know where to do, which direction to go. You think you know, you know where you're going, but in reality, you don't know where you're going. When we're spiritually blind, we fail to see Christ's agenda in our lives. Look of how the disciples were interacting with Jesus many times from verse 8, 9, and 10. Jesus was explaining to them the way of the cross. But to them, in their mind, in their head, is what? Who should be the top? Who should be the greatest? They don't know God's purpose. They fail. Their objective is to find their own agenda. And what happened? They begin to compete and live in their own ways. The same time when we have spiritual blindness, we fail to see Jesus and his heart teaching and truth. When Jesus was telling the disciples how they should live, they don't understand what he's meant to be. When he said, take up your cross, come and follow me, to them it's like, what's that? And there's a danger for us in this generation that we define Jesus by our own definition rather than the scripture defined. We make Jesus like teddy bears. The alam yung care bear, my power nag. But we fail to see that he is also a lion. But the same thing, this to balance this hard teaching is to realize his love and mercy. Some people don't embrace God's love and mercy. That's also tough teaching. Because they want to earn their own way. They can't forgive themselves. They can't forgive others. Because they cannot embrace who Christ is. The same thing. Failure to see the compassion of Jesus. If you look at our text. We see the disciples were walking in the way. And then this blind man started to cry out. Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Ang ginawa ng mga disciples. They just look. Jesus, have mercy on me. Then they just look. They are insensitive of the things around. They are busy of just following Jesus, watching Jesus. But when the, someone is hurting, they just pass by. 
And I believe Christians, many of us are experts like that. We can come to church, but when people are hurting, we just pass by. Why I know? Because I see it in myself. At times, I would just pass by. I told you the story about a friend who went back to the Philippines. He's a Malay. He went and visited a Filipino guy who's sick. And I was in a pub, in a holiday. I just want to take holiday. I don't want to have the title pastor. Instead of going and joining my friend to visit the sick friend of his, ang inuna ko yung buko pandan. And sometimes we just have the title. We are not compassionate. Because we are spiritually blind. And if you are honest enough, we see ourselves like the disciples. We see our spiritual poverty. We see that at times we live our own agenda rather than God's agenda. We don't, we don't seek His will upon our lives. At times we don't have that compassion. And we are guilty. However, the story of Bartimaeus gives us hope. In spite of the spiritual blindness, Jesus showed his mercy. And we have hope because Jesus is inviting us to come to him. Second point is this. As we recognize our spiritual blindness, Jesus is calling us to come to him. The blind men were crying and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if we read in verse 48, and respond to my crowd, Many, many rebuke him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. He cried out all the more. What? How did he cry? He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Yan, nagising iba. I believe he repeated many times, and he was not just crying aloud with one direction. Probably he's crying, you know, he can't see. He just said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Nahimika, Son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out from his heart because he knows his hope is in Jesus. And I was pondering on this thing. Son of David is, is a, a statement with value and significance. When he said, Son of David, he was saying, Lord, you are my Messiah. You're the one I've been waiting for. You're the king. You're my savior. You're my healer. The disciples don't get it. But this blind man saw that Jesus is his healer. And when he said, have mercy on me. He's coming to the Lord with humble requests for the divine mercy to heal his sight. It's a confession of faith in the divine authority of Jesus. And I was pondering on this thing. How come he had this faith? How come he had this faith to cry out to Jesus? You know why? Because the only thing that he can use while sitting down and begging is his ears. He cannot see his around. He can only can hear. Since young, probably, probably he begin to hear that there is a Messiah. And then as he sit there, probably people pass by and talking about this Jesus that's moving around, healing the sick, healing the blind, teaching the good news. And his faith begins to grow. Like Romans 10, 17, for by faith comes from hearing and hearing to the word of God. He begins to hear and hear and hear. Who is this Jesus? 
And when Jesus was approaching, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because he understood who Jesus is, that he is his healer, that he's powerful, not just powerful, but also merciful, that he would hear his cry. You know, Bartimaeus might be physically blind, but his spiritual eyes were open to see who Jesus is. Bartimaeus showed us how to walk by faith and not by sight. If you look at our text, when he cried out and God called him, Jesus called him, what did he do? He sprang up, he jumped up, he sprang up. I don't know how he went to Jesus. I don't know how he approached Jesus. But he sprang out, probably he's looking around because he couldn't see. He sprang out with excitement, with that faith, knowing Jesus can heal. You know, don't let reality change your theology. Like what Pastor Ray, truth and fact. This is the truth, this is the fact, but we live in truth. But don't let our reality that's happening change our theology of who Jesus is. And when this blind man came to Jesus, He's come with the brokenness knowing it's Jesus that can heal. And you know what? Jesus was speaking to him. What do you want? Lord, I just want to see. And your faith made you well. But that's a simple faith of trusting Jesus. A humble heart. Knowing who Jesus is. And you know what happened? This blind mind. Has been, this blind man has been healed. You know, in our life, as we come to the Lord, there is a, a specific moment we surrender our life to God. But there's also, there's a journey. And both of this journey, in our spiritual journey, we need to come to Jesus and ask, Lord, open my eyes that I may see so that I may follow you. The moment... In John 3, 3, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It is God that will touch your heart. Touch your heart and change you from within. And then you surrender your, your heart, your life to God. Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. I give my life. There's a moment in our life where God moves and changes but there is also a spiritual journey. And as we come to the Lord, as we walk in this life, we have to come each time to the Lord. Like what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said here, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope of which he has called you. That are the riches of his glory, inheritance of the saints. That each time, if you desire, if you we desire to end well. We have to come back to the Lord and depend on His grace. Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Because sometimes our carnal ways get better of us. Sometimes we don't walk in the Spirit and we let that flesh. But what we need to do is come to Jesus and say, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Heal this blindness so that I may continue. To follow you. You know one of the beautiful things. 
what happened to Bartimaeus is this. As Jesus healed him, he had a new life. In verse 52, he says, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Have you ever seen a blind man see for the first time? Tinanong ka ganinang umaga, sinong blind before? Physically. Later, I will show you a video how they respond. I was googling how they respond when they see for the first time. It's a mix of emotion, mix of emotion. Some are happy, some are crying because their first time to see their wife. You know, when Jesus healed his eyes, he also healed his life. It changed him from inside out. Look at his account. Once he was sitting on the wayside, now he's walking on the path. One, he was stagnant, he's just sitting there, now he's moving. Once he was begging, and now he's living his life. Once he was lost and now he's what's his life? He's following Jesus. Last time he don't know where to go, but now he's following Jesus. Jesus did not only heal his sight, but also gave him a new life. And how did he use his new life? I like this particular text. They shows that one particular word followed him. Because this new life. He followed Jesus. You know, when you're totally indebted to someone, you respond in giving your life to that person. And the same thing to disciple, if you read on later, when their eyes were open and saw what Jesus did on the cross, that he risen and understood what he did. You know what the disciple did? As the means empowered by the Spirit, they carry on their own cross. They humbled themselves and they serve. Gave a new life. When we gain our sight, when our spiritual blindness is removed, the more clearer we see Jesus and the more we will follow Him. I would like to conclude with this few picture. Once we were like this, blind. Yet out of God's mercy, He opened our eyes, spiritual eyes, that we may see. And our response is to follow Him. Most of us never were blind before. But I will show you a video after where these two sisters have been blind for many years. The way they live their life, just a small clip, the way they live their life, they just follow the mother everywhere they go. But they went to an operation and they begin to see. And just listen to the words that the mother have said at the last part. Let's just watch this video.
সে ছুটে নামে আর এমনিতে বলে মা আমি দেখতে পাচ্ছি দেখতে পাচ্ছি তাদের ভবিষ্যৎ যেন ফিরে আসে সেটাই তো চাই মা বাবা বলো last statement the mother said we only want the future to be bright the father said his son so that we may have life to the fullest and jesus died on the cross so that we our eyes may be open and that we may have life and that's life is defined when our eyes are open and see jesus our savior and that fullness of life is not defined by possession what we have but is defined when we are following him with all our life we sing the song amazing grace and if you understand why it was written because john newton know what is to be blind and what to be to be able to see john newton was a slave trader what he would do he would gather people from africa and sell it to different places become slave yet the lord opened his eyes restore him and change him and he became a pastor and served him the lord and and used his life to abolish slavery and he wrote this statement he said although my memory is fading i remember two things very clearly i'm a great sinner and christ is a great savior the disciple was so focused on himself and jesus is teaching them i am the messiah that would save you they don't see that they are poor and sinners but yet the lord opened their eyes and they begin to see some of us here are blind living in sin living a wayward life and we know it by ourselves we think that we know where we are going but this is what the lord is telling us today is inviting us to come because he invite us to us to come that we may receive sight and have a new life in him let us pray lord we thank you that we have been blinded by our sin in our carnality because of that we are lost and couldn't find our way we are wretched hopeless and purposeless we might find temporary happiness in the world but all those things will fade away but i pray lord today as we look upon the life of bartimaeus enough how you healed his physical eyes to see you and follow you same time that's this our desire that our spiritual eyes lord will be healed so that we will see your beauty your goodness and your mercy in our life 
and our response, Lord, is to follow you, the giver of life. In your own way, just speak to the Lord. If the Lord is speaking to you, just open your hearts to Him. If you have lost your way, God is calling you back to Him. And out of His mercy and grace, it is He that will open your eyes. And see, open your eyes, you see His face and His love. And you begin to follow Him. Chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. His mercy reigns. sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first my chains are in our own pursuit of defining life without Christ.
the Lord is speaking to us. Come to Jesus. Come to Him. And He will show His mercy. And He will open the eyes of your heart. Because He wants to give you life. Life that's abundant. Not defined by riches. But defined by the peace that we have in God. Peace in God and with God. That is life. If you're blind, you'll be struggling. You'll be in chain, begging, trying to find. But the only way you can be released is when you come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And receive your sight and your new life. Let's sing the chorus just the voices sing. My chains, my chains are done. Set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing Lord, you see each one of our hearts, Lord. If anyone are struggling, Lord, blinded, Lord, I pray that you open their hearts, Lord, as they come to you in repentance and recognize your love and your mercy. And even, Lord, in our journey, our desire, Lord, is to finish well. And I pray, Lord, as we walk in this spiritual walk, in this journey of life, all the more we remember to come to you to ask for your mercy so that our eyes may be open and as our eyes will be open then we'll know your footsteps and follow you salamat panginoon lord i just pray for my brothers and sisters as they face this brand new week be with them lord god and may your word lord be so alive each day as they pick your word and read your word lord speak to them so powerfully Give them assurance that you are in control, O Lord. Salamat, Panginoon. And even right now, we pray. We pray for Singapore and even Philippines, Lord. With the COVID-19, Lord, we know that you are in control. We are here working in some of our family. We are, some, some of us are full of anxiety and fear. But we know, God, that we can come to you with humility and asking for your mercy that you preserve and protect our family Lord God so just have your way that's our prayer Lord salamat po Panginoon I pray as we go on our way may you open our eyes each day to see more of you so that we may follow you let's just raise a hand and receive the benediction the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. We thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord our, our offering. God bless everyone. Just turn to somebody. No hugging, no shaking hands. Kindatan lang. Tell that person, I see you.